having a bit of an issue with my voice this morning, so bear with me. It might mean that you get a a shorter sermon today. It might mean that, but I'm not guaranteeing that. Uh, Catherine and I have been (coughs) watching uh, The Crown on Netflix the past couple of weeks. Has anyone else been watching that great series? It follows Queen Elizabeth II as she ascends to the throne earlier than expected at age 25 when her father, King George VI, dies from, from lung cancer in February of 1952. It's got everything that you might expect, lavish sets, uh, period costumes, sprawling English countrysides and castles, a ruling monarch, a cantankerous prime minister. What's not to like about a wonderful series like this? And since I can no longer get, get, get my Downton Abbey fix. This show has sort of taken that place uh, since uh, that show went off the air earlier this year. It's good enough, it's good enough, I think, to almost make an Anglophile like myself long for the days of a king or a queen. That was actually one of my favorite hats this election season. Uh, this campaign slogan that I liked the most was not make America great again, it was make America great Britain again. And I thought to myself, that is a campaign that I can get behind. I was thinking about that great show as I started to prepare this sermon uh, for today. The king that we celebrate in church today is a different sort of monarch. Today is the day that is sometimes called the Feast of Christ the King or Christ the King Sunday. In some church circles, this day has become kind of like a a New Year's Eve celebration for the church, marking the, the last Sunday of the church year before we move into Advent and begin again with the new church year. That, that will happen next Sunday. One might think that since this day has a, a fancy title like Christ the King Sunday, that this celebration has been around for a long time. And it's not a bad thing to think that, but if you think that, you are wrong. Christ the King Sunday is a relatively recent celebration in the life of the church that that dates back only to 1925. In 1925, Pope Pius XI declared that there should be a special day set aside for Catholics to proclaim Christ as King. And that makes quite a lot of sense when you think about all that the world had been through during the First World War. Pius was trying to remind Catholics and Christians that that in the end, Christ is the King of the world. And then the Anglicans, the Lutherans, the Methodists, not wanting to be left out, they all said uh, that the last Sunday of the liturgical year would be celebrated as the Feast of Christ the King, and that's how we got to where we are today. Why then, you might be asking, do we hear a reading from Jesus' crucifixion on this day? Shouldn't we be hearing, we be hearing something more, more regal on this Sunday before Thanksgiving? What we're hearing today is really more a a story of humiliation rather than coronation. This reading that we hear today is a reading that we might expect to hear during Holy Week or on Good Friday. Jesus has been crucified and he's now being mocked by the religious leaders and the soldiers. Save yourself, they shout at him. If you are the king, then save yourself. If you are the king, do something, they are yelling at Jesus. The text from Luke tells us that the, the last few hours that Jesus spent on earth before he died were, 
were spent with two criminals. And that seems fitting, really, uh, that that is what happened. All throughout the Gospels, if you remember, Jesus is accused of spending far too much time with those who have been forced to the, to the margins because of who they are or what they've done. The, the sinners, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the ritually impure, and so many others who are on the fringes of society. Jesus spends a whole lot of time with those people. So it would almost be poetic if it were not such a dismal scene that in the end, as this king is dying, those who are nearest to him are two other condemned criminals who are facing death by the government. Crucifixion, as you will remember, was a very severe form of capital punishment. It was reserved not for the common criminal, but for those who were enemies of the state, criminals who had gone toe-to-toe in some way with the Roman Empire. These were the types who were nailed to the cross, and the message that was sent was this, don't oppose the empire, or you too could end up like this. One criminal, we're told, joins in with those who are taunting Jesus. Aren't you the Christ, he jeers? Why don't you go ahead and save yourself? And, And while you're at it, save us too. The other criminal, the one who is sometimes called the the good criminal or the good thief, interjects himself into this conversation. Are you not afraid, he says? Do you not fear God in any way? We, We deserve this punishment, but he does not. And then the good criminal turns to Jesus and says, Remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What a sad proclamation this good criminal makes. Doesn't, doesn't he know, doesn't he realize that kings aren't supposed to be crucified? But as his king hangs there, dying between two criminals, the king makes this promise. Today you will be with me in paradise. And maybe that's, that's the first thing for us to remember as we listen to this passion reading on Christ the King Sunday. We have a king who promises life and peace and hope to all people, the good and the bad, the rich and the poor, the sinner and the saint, the condemned and those who are free. But this king always starts with the poor. This king always starts with the persecuted. This king always goes first to the oppressed. One of the primary characteristics of our king is a commitment to solidarity with the suffering in the world. We have a king who says to those people and to each one of us, today you will, each one of you, be with me in paradise. Martin Smith, who's an Episcopal priest who lives here in D.C., likes to likes to talk about the desire of God, and he does it in sort of a a scandalous way at times. He says that God desires us. God longs for us. God, he says, wants each one of us in the same way that one lover might want another lover. Martin likes to say that. He says that this is evident all throughout the Scriptures, but most especially in the life and in the ministry of Jesus Christ. He says we see it in holy baptism when we are cleansed by the waters and marked as Christ's own forever. We see it in the Holy Eucharist when Jesus literally gives himself to us in the bread and in the wine, in the body and in the blood. 
And Martin says we, we see this, this desire of God, this longing of God for each one of us, most especially as Christ hangs on the cross, arms outstretched for you and for me and for all the world, declaring that we will be with him in paradise. And that takes us to the, to the second point that we should remember today about Christ the King Sunday. We should remember this. We have a king who bids, up, bids us to take up our cross to follow him and to be about the work of his kingdom. We have a king who wants us to stand on the side of the suffering. We have a king who calls us to speak out when we see hate or violence. We have a king who sends us out to the ends of the earth to share his promised paradise with this broken and hurting world. So what are some of the characteristics of paradise that we might begin to offer to others? Here are a few characteristics that I came up with this past week for you to consider. Paradise, paradise is a place of extreme beauty. How can I, how can we offer glimpses of God's extreme beauty to others in this world? Here's another. In, in paradise, you can feel and experience the presence of God. How can I, how can you help others to behold God's presence in this hurting world? And here's another quality of paradise. When we, when we experience paradise, we want to share that paradise with others. How am I, how are you, how are we sharing God's paradise with others? There are lots and lots of other qualities of paradise, to be sure. I wonder what paradise looks like for each one of you. What are the qualities that come to your mind, and how can you work to, to share that paradise with those who are crying out for relief? Our King Jesus calls us to help make his paradise a reality for all people. And then finally, I think, I think that the point of Christ the King Sunday is this. It's to remind us that we are not the center of the universe. Christ is. This is what we heard just a minute ago from this reading from Colossians. He, that is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. Christ is the center of the universe. Christ is our king. It is Christ who is the foundation of our very being. It is Christ who reigns eternal. And I think that when we remember where our center is and who our center is, then we aren't so easily distracted by the other things that want to claim our attention and our allegiance. When we remember that Christ is the center of the universe and that Christ is the center of our lives, then we know who we are. We know who leads us in the decisions that we have to make. As that great hymn says, Christ is the one who is with us. Christ is within us. Christ is behind us. Christ is before us. Christ is beside us. Christ to win us. Christ to comfort and restore us. Christ should be the center of our lives. I love what Leonard Cohen, that great poet and 
musician and theologian who died last week once sang. He said, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Jesus, our King, is calling us to be the light, to be His light, to be the light of Christ. Be the light that sheds light on that which justifies and validates hatred and violence so as to expose it for what it truly is. Be the light that sheds light on those who have been ignored or overlooked or silenced. Be the desperately needed ray of light that shines a glimmer of hope for all when all seems hopeless. Today, today, Jesus says, today, you and me, today we can enter paradise. Today we can help others experience God's kingdom. Today we can be the light of Christ our King in a darkened world. Amen. Amen.